So in other words, what we're basically saying is, is that we're only going to go as far as we can assume the Am Ha'aretz, the person that's not careful, will accept. So therefore, in a case of... Um, in a case where we, in a case of the earthenware vessel and the food and the drink, we don't say that it's going to be impure because that is not something that the Amharits would accept anyways. We'll say that the that the non-earthenware vessel is impure because that's something that he will accept, and therefore, at least in that scenario, we will be able to believe him when he lends it out to a chaver to somebody that is careful whether he has immersed it or not. So that's the basic concept here. Velo'o, um, sorry, and so now back into the Gemara. Miyad halach Rabbi Yeshua. Immediately Rabbi Yeshua went, v'nishtakach al kivrei beishamai, and he bowed himself on the grave of beishamai, because he had been a little bit too, um, he was uh, he was flippant with the words of beishamai. So Amar, and he said, I have spoken excessively against you, O bones of Beishamai. If your cryptic rulings are so logical, how much more so your explicit rulings? Um, and they had said about Rabbi all Rabbi Shua's remaining days, his teeth were blackened because of the many fasts that he undertook to um, atone for having spoken ill of the rulings of Beishamai. Okay, now, now, with all of this in mind, now that we see that there are instances in which a chaver, in which somebody that is careful, can borrow vessels from somebody that isn't careful, now we have the question. Katani mihas, the Mishnah had states, lecha vilo, that there's a scenario that of an amha'aretz, that where we say something about a non somebody that's not careful with spiritual impurity, that it will impact both him and somebody that is careful, which means that there's a scenario where somebody that is careful is allowed to borrow vessels from the person that's not careful. Alma shalina minahu, therefore it's very clear that you're that one is able to borrow from the other, that that's allowed. And if that's the case, why would the Mishnah allow us to immerse vessels within the vessels for Chuma? Why wouldn't the Mishnah be concerned that Amha'aretz might do this very practice? Um... End up with with not end up ending up having purified his vessels and then lend them out to the chaver, the person that tries to be careful, um, and now the chaver has um, impure stuff that he is using. So we answer as follows: Kishalina minayu. When we do borrow vessels from the, from them, so when a chaver, when somebody that is careful borrows vessels from someone that's not careful, we actually immerse those vessels first. We don't just borrow them. So therefore, it's no problem. But if that's the case. Why didn't Beis Hill reply to Beis If they do borrow them, then they'll immerse them before borrowing them. The Mishnah had made it seem that as long as that 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 you're allowed to that the person will borrow them without doing anything to pure in any form of purification. So for that, the Gemara says, So he answers follows. Something that became Tameh through a corpse requires not just immersion, but requires first the sprinkling of mechatas, of the para aduma, the red heifer water, on the third and seventh days of the purification process. And people generally do not lend a vessel for as long as seven days. So yes, it could very well be that when somebody is careful, they borrow a vessel from uh, somebody that is not careful. 
then they will go ahead and immerse that vessel before using it. So that would explain why we allow people to do a vessel immersion inside of another vessel because we don't have to worry because the chaver, the person that's careful, will immerse the things that he receives when he's borrowing from an am ha'aretz from someone that's not careful. However, in the case of our Mishnah, that's a little bit different because the case of our Mishnah deals with somebody with a scenario that was impacted by corpse tumah, which has an entire seven-day purification process. And we basically say, um, and we basically say that he, the, this chaver, usually you don't borrow a, a vessel for long enough to go through the entire purification process. And therefore, in that specific scenario, trouble will arise, problems will arise. Okay. So now the Gemara is asking, Now, is it true that an Am Haaretz, somebody that's not careful with Tum and Tahara, are not believed in regard to immersion? Is that really true? Like what we said earlier in the Gemara, which we just said, right? That if you borrow a vessel from an Am Haaretz, you have to immerse it yourself. But didn't we learn to Nebraisa? Didn't we say that an Am Haaretz, somebody that's not careful, is believed regarding the uh, re- regarding tahara purification by immerse um, when it comes to immersing, immersing um, something that became tame on account of a corpse. So we see that we do trust an am haaretz to say whether he had immersed something properly or not. So Amar Abaye Abaye says lo kasha. There's no question. Habigufo, this brisa that says that we do trust an am haaretz. That's in reference to his own body. We trust him to say whether his body is pure or impure, whether he, have, he immersed his body or not. Habikelov, but this, the this the Gemara here that says seems to say that an Amharetz is not believed. That's regarding his vessels. Regarding his vessels, he's not believed if he says that he purified them or not. Um, another answer to this question that there seems to be this contradiction whether we believe in Am Haaretz about immersion or not. Rava Amar Rava says both Brisas, both the Brisa and the Gemara, they are actually both referring to the vessels. Falokashem, it's not a question. The Brisa that says that an Am Haaretz is believed regarding immersion, that's where he says, I have never immersed one vessel inside of another vessel. And the Bryce and the Gemara that says that he's not believed, the Hada Amar, it's where he said, Hitbalti, um, he said, I have immersed one vessel inside of another. But I have never immersed it in a vessel whose opening was not the size of a skin bottle's tube, which we said is really where the problem is. So what we're saying is, is that if the Amharat said, I've never done this, then we believe him. If he says, I have done something that could have led to a problem, I just fixed that problem, then we don't believe him. Vahatanya, and we learned in a brisa, a brisa that seems to support the same type of thinking, the same distinction. What's this brisa say? Ne'eman am ha'aretz lomar peros lo In am ha'aretz is believed to say that these fruits have not become hukshar, prepared to receive, to become susceptible to tumah, right? Becoming wet in a very specific way that which makes fruit susceptible to tuma. So you are believed to say that, that it never happened. But you're not believed to say, and Amharetz is not believed to say, 
peros hochshiru avalonitmu, that they did become susceptible, they just never became tummy. Because they're not believed to say that something bad did happen, I just made sure that I fixed it. That We don't allow that type of belief. Okay, so now we're um, going to continue talking. And now do we really believe the Am Haaretz um, when it comes to the purity of his own body? But didn't we learn in Abraisa? If somebody that is careful, a chaver, comes to um, have himself sprinkled with the mechatas, which is the para duma, the red heifer water, which is sprinkled on somebody on day three and on day seven, um, in the process of becoming pured, fr- purified from corpse tuma. So if he comes and he says he wants to be sprinkled, mazen alav miyad, we sprinkle on him immediately. Am ha'aretz shebel hazos, but if an am ha'aretz comes to be sprinkled on him, ein mazen alav achiyase befanenu shlishushvi. We don't sprinkle upon him until we see in his presence keeping the third and seventh day. Meaning, um, so basically what we're going to end up saying is that we don't trust. If he comes in and he says, I'm already at my seventh day, come sprinkle him. And we say, no, we have to watch you now for the next seven days. And we will have to see that you get your third day sprinkling before we can apply your seven day sprinkling. So we see very clearly that an Amaretz is not believed to say that he... Um, regarding his own body's purity. So the Gemara answers as follows. Ela Amar Abaye, rather on that Abaye says, uh, because of the severity with which you treat him at the beginning, right, where we say that we don't believe this Am Haaretz to say that he has, uh, the number of days necessary has passed for his sprinkling. Um, so because we're severe with him in the first place, he kalta love bisofo, then we are makel, we can be lenient with him at the end. Um, and believe in that he has immersed after the final sprinkling, right? Because the way it works is you have to do a sprinkling on day three, a sprinkling on day seven. And then we say that we do believe him regarding the immersion, which happens after the sprinkling on day seven. So how do how can we differentiate? So basically what we're saying is, is that because we are so strict with him that we require ourselves to observe his keeping, the doing the sprinkling on day three and then day seven, we don't believe him regarding the sprinkling, so then we can then trust um, we can then trust them at the end when he said that he has actually done the immersion. Okay, now we're going to get on to the next case in the Mishnah. The next case of the Mishnah goes as follows. Achorayim um, v'toch. Um, what the Mishnah had said is the second case is the difference between Kodesh and Truma is that for Truma, the outside and the inside and the handle of the vessel are considered separate vessels. So in other words, um, for truma, but not for kodesh. So if let's say let's say your outside and the inside of your vessels um, can be looked at as their own vessel on their own, and therefore if you touch the outside of the vessel, that will become tame, but it will not make the inside tame impure because we can look at them as two separate vessels. But we only have that leniency as far as truma is concerned, but not for kodesh. <laughs> So now we're going to ask this question, what does it mean, the outside and the inside of a vessel? Because in just a regular case, they're all considered the same vessel. So it's not, it's like we learned in a Mishnah. If a vessel's outside contracted tuma through coming in contact with tame liquids, and then we say its outside is tame. Toho, Ogno, Ozno, Vyadov Tahor, and it's inside, it's rim, it's ear, and it's handles, they're all Tahor. Nitma Toho, but if it's inside became Tame, Kulo Tame, then its entirety, both its inside, its outside, its rim, its ears, and handles, all become Tame. 
So basically what we're seeing is, is that there's different parts to a, um, to a, to a vessel. And what the Mishnah is saying is that for Tuma, for Truma, if the vessels outside becomes Tame, um, only the outside is Tame, but not the other parts. If the inside becomes Tame, then everything becomes Tame. And that's the law with regard to Truma. But when it comes to Kodesh, even if the outside becomes Tame, the entirety becomes Tame. Okay, that was that part of the Mishnah. Next part of the Mishnah. Ubeis Hatsavita. We refer to the base Hatsavita when we were referring to the different parts of the of the vessel. Now we're just going to wonder what is a base Hatsavita. My base Hatsavita, what is a base Hatsavita? It's the place by which one hands it to the other. And so does it say in the verse, He handled her parched grain. Rabbi Asi, Amar Biochan, Rabbi Asi said in the name of the base Hatsvita is not the place where you hand it from one to another. It's actually, it's a Makum Shinikie Hadast Sovin. It's the place in which delicate individuals dip the food. There was an extra little part to vessels that had an area to put a condiment inside of. And, um, and those that were more careful about hygiene would put their condiments there. Those that weren't so careful would just put their condiments inside the same part that they drank from. But those that were careful, would put their condiments in the separate part of the vessel. Tanan of Bibi, commander of Nachman, or Bibi taught in the presence of Rav Nachman, All vessels have no distinction between their outside and inside. Echad Kadshe HaMikdash, rather regard to Kadshe HaMikdash, which are holy things of the temple, which are Kodesh. Echad Kadshe or with regard to holy things of the borders. In other words, in regard to all of these holy things, we don't differentiate between the outside and the inside. Once one of them part of it becomes tummy, the entire thing becomes tummy, which obviously prompts the Gemara to ask. Amar Leir Nachman said to Rav Bibi, my ninhu. What are the holy things of the borders? Truma? Are you going to tell me it's Truma? It can't be Truma. We learned in our Mishnah. That the inside, the outside, and the handle or the Besatzita, they're all considered separate parts when it comes to Chuma. So you can't say that um, the Kadshe Hagbul, Holy Things of the Borders, is a reference to Chuma. So rather it must be Dilma Luchulin Shanasu Altaras HaKodesh Kamer. Rather it must be that you were referring to Chulin that was prepared according to the Tahara standards of Kodesh. That we treat just like Kodesh. Um, which means you have then reminded me of the statement of Rab Baravua, where he had said, There were 11 standards in which Kodesh is different than Shuma, is on a higher level than Shuma. The, six, the first six we said, applied to both Kodesh and Chulun that was prepared according to the Tahara standards of Kodesh. And this would have been included. This was case number two. So it makes sense, right? It applies to both Kodesh and Chulin Shinas, Altaras, Kodesh. And then Achronos, the last five cases, that's Le Kodesh, that was applied to Kodesh, of Alol Chulin Shinas, Altaras, Kodesh, but not to Chulin, that was Nasa, Altaras, Kodesh. Okay, we will stop here for today. Um, and Yashar um, Kalach. So, in other words, what we're basically saying is, is that we're only going to go as far as we can assume the Am Ha'aretz, the person that's not careful, will accept. So therefore, in a case of, um, in a case where we, in a case of the earthenware vessel and the food and the drink, we don't say that it's going to be impure because that is not something that the Am Ha'aretz would accept anyways. 
will say that the that the non-earthenware vessel is impure because that's something that he will accept and therefore at least in that scenario we will be able to believe him when he lends it out to a chaver to somebody that is careful whether he has immersed it or not so that's the basic concept here the low um sorry and so now back into the gemara miyad halach rabbi yeshua immediately rabbi yeshua went v'nishtakach al kivrei beishamai and he bowed himself on the grave of beishamai because he had been a little bit too um, he was a uh, he was flippant with the words of Beishamai. So Amar and he said, Beishamai. I have spoken excessively against you, O bones, O bones of Beishamai. If your cryptic rulings are so logical, how much more so your explicit rulings? Um, and they had said about Rabbi Yeshua, all Rabbi Shua's remaining days, his teeth were blackened because of the many fasts that he undertook to um, atone for having spoken ill of the rulings of Beishamai. Okay, now, now, with all of this in mind, now that we see that there are instances in which a chaver, in which somebody that is careful, can borrow vessels from somebody that isn't careful, now we have the question. Katani mihas, the Mishnah had state, licha vilo, that there's a scenario that of an am ha'aretz that where we say something about a non somebody that's not careful with spiritual impurity that it will impact both him and somebody that is careful, which means that there's a scenario where somebody that is careful is allowed to borrow vessels from the person that's not careful. Alma shalina minahu. Therefore, it's very clear that you're that one is able to borrow from the other that that's allowed. And if that's the case, why would the Mishnah allow us to immerse vessels within the vessels for truma? Why wouldn't the Mishnah be concerned that Am Ha'aretz might do this very practice, um, end up with with not end up ending up having purified his vessels and then lend them out to the chaver, the person that tries to be careful, um, and now the chaver has um, impure stuff that he is using. So we answer as follows: Ki Shalina Minayu. When we do borrow vessels from the, from them, so when a chaver, when somebody that is careful borrows vessels from someone that's not careful, we actually immerse those vessels first. We don't just borrow them. So therefore, it's no problem. But if that's the case, why didn't Beis Hill reply to Beis if, if they do borrow them, then they'll immerse them before borrowing them. The Mishnah had made it seem that as long as that 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 you're allowed to that the person will borrow them without doing anything to pure in any form of purification so for that the gemara says so he answers as follows something that became tummy through a corpse requires not just immersion but it requires first the sprinkling of mechatas of the para aduma the red heifer water on the third and seventh days of the purification process and people generally do not lend a vessel for as long as seven days. So yes, it could very well be that when somebody is careful, they borrow a vessel from uh, somebody that is not careful. And they will go ahead and immerse that vessel before using it. So that would explain why we allow people to do a vessel immersion inside of another vessel because we don't have to worry because the chaver, the person that's careful, will immerse the things that he receives when he's borrowing from an am ha'aretz from someone that's not careful. However, in the case of our Mishnah, 
that's a little bit different because the case of our Mishnah deals with somebody with a scenario that was impacted by corpse tuma, which has an entire seven day purification process. And we basically say, um, and we basically say that he, the, this chaver, usually you don't borrow a, a vessel for long enough to go through the entire purification process. And therefore in that specific scenario, trouble will arise, problems will arise. Okay. So now the Gemara is asking, Now, is it true that an Am Haaretz, somebody that's not careful with Tum and Tahara, are not believed in regard to immersion? Is that really true? Like what we said earlier in the Gemara, which we just said, right? That if you borrow a vessel from an Am Haaretz, you have to immerse it yourself. But didn't we learn Didn't we say that an Am Haaretz, somebody that's not careful, is believed regarding the uh, re- regarding tahara purification by immerse by, um, when it comes to immersing immersing um, something that became tame on account of a corpse. So we see that we do trust an am haaretz to say whether he had immersed something properly or not. So Amar Abaye Abaye says lo kasha. There's no question. Habigufo, this brisa that says that we do trust an am haaretz. That's in reference to his own body. We trust him to say whether his body is pure or impure, whether he, he immersed his body or not. love, but this, the this the Gemara here that says seems to say that Am Haaretz is not believed. That's regarding his vessels. Regarding his vessels, he's not believed if he says that he purified them or not. Um, another answer to this question that there seems to be this contradiction whether we believe in Am Haaretz about immersion or not. Rava Amar Rava says, Both Brisas, both the Brisa and the Gemara, they are actually both referring to the vessels. Falokashem, it's not a question. The Brisa that says that an Am Haaretz is believed regarding immersion, that's where he says, I have never immersed one vessel inside of another vessel. And the Brice and the Gemara that says that he's not believed, the Hada Amar, it's where he said, Hitzbalti, um, he said, I have immersed one vessel inside of another. But I have never immersed it in a vessel whose opening was not the size of a skin bottle's tube, which we said is really where the problem is. So what we're saying is, is that if the Amharat said, I've never done this, then we believe him. If he says, I have done something that could have led to a problem, I just fixed that problem, then we don't believe him. Vahatanya, and we learned in a brisa, a brisa that seems to support the same type of thinking, the same distinction. What's this brisa say? Ne'eman am ha'aretz lomar peros lo'hukshru. In am ha'aretz is believed to say that these fruits have not become hukshar, prepared to receive, to become susceptible to tumah, right? Becoming wet in a very specific way that which makes fruit susceptible to tumah. So you are believed to say that, that it never happened. But you're not believed to say, and Amharetz is not believed to say, that they did become susceptible, they just never became tummy. Because they're not believed to say that something bad did happen, I just made sure that I fixed it. That We don't allow that type of belief. Okay, so now we're um, going to continue talking. And now do we really believe the Amharetz um, when it comes to the 
purity of his own body. But didn't we learn in a Braisa? If somebody that is careful, a chaver, comes to um, have himself sprinkled with the mechatas, which is the para duma, the red heifer water, which is sprinkled on somebody on day three and on day seven um, in the process of becoming purified from, purified from corpse tuma. So if he comes and he says he wants to be sprinkled, we sprinkle on him immediately. But if an amha'aretz comes to be sprinkled on him, we don't sprinkle upon him until we see in his presence keeping the third and seventh day. Meaning, um, so basically what we're going to end up saying is that we don't trust. If he comes in and he says, I'm already at my seventh day, come sprinkle him. And we say, nope, we have to watch you now for the next seven days. And we will have to see that you get your third day sprinkling before we can apply your seven day sprinkling. So we see very clearly that an Amaretz is not believed to say that he... Um, regarding his own body's purity. So the Gemara answers as follows. Ela Amar Abaye, rather on that Abaye says, uh, So because of the severity with which you treat him at the beginning, right, where we say that we don't believe this Am Ha'aretz to say that he has, uh, the number of days necessary has passed for his sprinkling. Um, so because we're severe with him in the first place, he kalta love b'sofo, then we are makel, we can be lenient with him at the end. Um, and believe in that he has immersed after the final sprinkling, right? Because the way it works is you have to do a sprinkling on day three, a sprinkling on day seven. And then we say that we do believe him regarding the immersion, which happens after the sprinkling on day seven. So how do how can we differentiate? So basically what we're saying is, is that because we are so strict with him that we require ourselves to observe his keeping, the doing the sprinkling on day three and then day seven, we don't believe him regarding the sprinkling, so then we can then trust, um, we can then trust them at the end when he said that he has actually done the immersion. Okay, now we're gonna get on to the next case in the Mishnah. The next case of the Mishnah goes as follows. Um Vitoch. The um, what the Mishnah had said is the second case is the difference between Kodesh and Truma, is that for Truma, the outside and the inside and the handle of the vessel are considered separate vessels. So in other words, um, for truma, but not for kodesh. So if let's say, let's say your outside and the inside of your vessels um, can be looked at as their own vessel on their own. And therefore, if you touch the outside of the vessel, that will become tummy, but it will not make the inside tummy impure because we can look at them as two separate vessels, but we only have that leniency as far as truma is concerned, but not for kodesh. <laughs> So now we're going to ask this question, what does it mean, the outside and the inside of a vessel? Because in just a regular case, they're all considered the same vessel. So it's not, it's like we learned in a Mishnah. If a vessel's outside contracted tuma through coming in contact with tame liquids, and then we say its outside is tame. Toho, Ogno, Ozno, Vyadov, Tahor, and its inside, its rim, its ear, and its handles, they are all Tahor. Nitma, Toho, but if its inside became Tame, Kulo, Tame, then its entirety, both its inside, its outside, its rim, its ears, and hands, all become Tame. So basically, what we're seeing is, is that there's different parts to a, um, to a, to a vessel. And what the Mishnah is saying is that for Tuma, for Truma, if the vessel's outside becomes tame, um, only the outside is tame, but not the other parts. If the inside becomes tame, then everything becomes tame. 
And that's the law with regard to Truma. But when it comes to Kodesh, even if the outside becomes Tame, the entirety becomes Tame. Okay, that was that part of the Mishnah. Next part of the Mishnah. Ubeis Hatsavita. We refer to the base Hatsavita when we were referring to the different parts of the of the vessel. Now we're just going to wonder what is a base Hatsavita. My base Hatsavita, what is a base Hatsavita? It's the place by which one hands it to the other. And so does it say in the verse, He handled her parched grain. Rabbi Asi, Rabbi Yochan, Rabbi Asi said in the name of Yochanan, the base Hatsvita is not the place where you hand it from one to another. It's actually, it's a makom shenikiei hadas tsovin. It's the place in which delicate individuals dip the food. There was an extra little part to vessels that had an area to put a condiment inside of. And, um, and those that were more careful about hygiene would put their condiments there. Those that weren't so careful would just put their condiments inside the same part that they drank from. But those that were careful would put their condiments in a separate part of the vessel. Tanur of Bibi, commander of Nachman, or Bibi taught in the presence of Rav Nachman, All vessels have no distinction between their outside and inside. Echad kachay hamikdash, rather regard to kachay hamikdash, which are holy things of the temple, which are kodesh. Echad kachay gvul, or with regard to holy things of the borders. In other words, in regard to all of these holy things, we don't differentiate between the outside and the inside. Once one of them part of it becomes tummy, the entire thing becomes tummy. Which obviously prompts the Gemara to ask, Amr Aleir, Nachman said to Rav Bibi, Ninhu, what are the holy things of the borders? Truma? Are you going to tell me it's Truma? Vahatanan, it can't be Truma. We learned in our Mishnah, that the inside, the outside, and the handle or the base Hatsvita, they're all considered separate parts when it comes to Chuma. So you can't say that um, the Kadshe Hagvul, holy things of the borders, is a reference to Chuma. So rather it must be, Dilma Luchul and Shanasu Altaras HaKodesh Kamer, rather it must be that you were referring to Chulun that was prepared according to the Tahara standards of Kodesh, that we treat just like Kodesh. Um, which means you have then reminded me of the statement of Rab Baravua, where he had said, There were 11 standards in which Kodesh is different than Shuma, is on a higher level than Shuma. The, sixth, the first six we said, apply to both Kodesh and Chulun that was prepared according to the Tahara standards of Kodesh. And this would have been included, this was case number two. So it makes sense, right? It applies to both Kodesh and Chulin Shinas Valtaras Kodesh. And then Achronos, the last five cases, that's Le Kodesh, that was applied to Kodesh, of Alola Chulin Shinas Valtaras Kodesh, but not to Chulin, that was Nasa Altaras Kodesh. Okay, we will stop here for today. Um, and Yashukach. Um,